This is TechCrunch. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Turns out the correspondent isn't opening a U.S. newsroom after all. By Anthony Haw. Dutch news organization The Correspondent surprised some of its supporters earlier this week when co-founder and CEO Ernst Fouth posted an update on Medium saying that the company would not be opening a newsroom in New York City. Which was odd because the organization raised $2.6 million in a crowdfunding campaign last fall with the express purpose of launching in the United States. At least, that's what I thought. After all, I wrote an article titled The Correspondent Launches Campaign to Bring Its Ad-Free Journalism to the U.S. But here's how Fouth explained the decision in his post. We've closed our campaign office in New York City, and we have decided that we won't open a newsroom in the U.S. for now. We don't aim to be a national U.S. news organization. We have founding members from more than 130 countries around the world, but instead want to cover the greatest challenges of our time from a global perspective in English. For that vision, Amsterdam is a great place to start. So, was this the plan all along? In an interview with Nyman Lab, editor-in-chief Rob Weinberg argued that this is consistent with what the correspondent team promised in the campaign. We're setting up in English language, and we're going to hire U.S.-based journalists as well. Rafat Ali, media operator, tweeted, WTF, what was that whole two-year-long PR hoopla for U.S. launch and unbreaking the news, whatever that meant, about then? Seems like there is a lot more to this than the Post says. Rafat Ali, media operator, tweets again, I'll say it because no one else will. Everything about the correspondent's so-called U.S. expansion plans for the last two years felt like a huckster's dream. Everyone shilling for them have some explanation to do, or not, because really no one should have given a shit in the first place. He went on to say that the team never really talked about setting up an office in the United States. Still, he acknowledged that it was a U.S.-centric campaign with Weinberg and Fouth spending most of their time in New York, reaching out to U.S. journalists to write about the campaign and recruiting other journalists and pundits to serve as ambassadors. So it got interpreted by a lot of media who wrote about us as they're launching in the U.S., Weinberg said, which is pretty much 80% true in the sense that we are going to have English language correspondence in the U.S., not just only in the U.S., and we never promised or never said, because that's not our model, to have to cover the United States or anything. So I thought, okay, that makes sense. I must have misunderstood what Fouth was telling me. Still, I wanted to figure out how I got this wrong, so I went back to the initial email received from Fouth. Here's how it began. Dear Anthony, I'm CEO and co-founder of The Correspondent, an online journalism platform from Amsterdam that will soon be launching in the U.S. Then he gave me a quick description of The Correspondent's ad-free, reader-funded model, adding, We aim to bring the same journalistic integrity and unconventional editorial approach when we launch in the U.S., it's so weird that I ended up thinking they were planning to launch in the U.S. 
Anthony Ha tweets, So at Rob Weinberg says everyone thought the correspondent was going to launch in the U.S. because that's how it was interpreted by a lot of media. But um, <laughs> Weinberg acknowledged the confusion in his interview, telling Nyman Lab, tons of people talk about what we're trying to do. So the idea that you can keep all these people on message all the time would be kind of totalitarian, right? Maybe, except this isn't an overly enthusiastic ambassador. It's the company's CEO, and it seems he made a similar pitch to other publications. One might argue that keeping him on message, also known as making sure he accurately describes the company's plans as he asks people for money, is not only totalitarian, but actually the responsible thing to do. The truth is, I don't know what happened here. If the correspondent never planned to open a U.S. office, thinks it can do a good job covering the U.S. without one, and simply did a bad job communicating, fine. If the original plan was to open a U.S. office, then it reconsidered, that would be disappointing. But if the model still produces worthwhile journalism about the U.S., then I suppose it's a net positive. But these confusing, convoluted, I'm sorry that you didn't understand us explanations don't just make the company look disingenuous. They also seem antithetical to running a newsroom that depends on readers' knowledge, goodwill, and money. Gabrielle Snyder tweeted, Lordy, is this interview mealy mouth? You can't blame people for believing your marketing PR and the people you hire as ambassadors. Update. Jay Rosen, who is advising the correspondent, has written a post in which he acknowledged that the company screwed up its communications with members. Apparently, the original plan was to have its English-language headquarters in New York, but the thinking evolved as the team considered issues like cost and the benefits of having a distributed newsroom, eventually settling on the idea of a one-newsroom strategy with headquarters in Amsterdam and the new correspondents working remotely. I was initially taken back, Rosen wrote. I would not have come up with that idea, but the more I thought about it, the more sense it made, especially when it came to the talent search and to the aspiration to one day be a global brand. Which makes sense. It's just a little mystifying that Weinberg and Faust didn't say that in the first place. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride purpose they stitch people together if all that sounds good to you visit american-giant.com and get 20 percent off your first order when you use code staple 20 at checkout that's 20 percent off your first order at american-giant.com with promo code staple 20